0: Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to take this time, like I do each and every week, to say thank you for joining me here. It's always uh, great and wonderful to have you tune in and watch me, or or listen wherever that may be, whether it be Bit Bit Shoot, Rumble, YouTube, or even over here on the podcast wherever you listen, in places like Amazon, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, um, wherever you're tuning in, I just want to make sure to say thank you. And Then, I also want to make sure to tell you, Happy New Year, Happy 2023. Uh, 2022 is now over, we're into a new year, we're into 2023 now. Um, so yeah, Happy New Year. Um, you might have noticed, um, if, especially if you tune in on the podcast, we did not have uh, a Friday-Saturday episode of the podcast. It was due to exactly as I warned you guys, um, with my new job, there will be times when I'm not able to upload as frequently as I wanted. I want to. Um, it wasn't something that I planned or anything like that. It just kind of happened okay um with my new job it there will be times where that will happen but don't worry the sunday sermon will always be here i will always make time to record these this is the more important part of it just delivering this sermon to you each and every sunday It is the reason i do this and it will continue to be the reason i do this so with that out of the way um Let's uh, bow our heads and thank our Heavenly Father for all the gifts He's given us. Thank Him especially for a new year. And, yeah, let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come to You like we do each and every week here on Sermons in the Park and how we should do each and every day of our lives just to say thank You. You give us so very much. You give us air to breathe, water to drink food to quench our thirst and our hunger it's all because of you father you give us the taste buds to enjoy the food you give us the nerve endings to help us feel things to make sure that we don't hurt ourselves when we're doing our jobs you give us energy to get out of bed to go and do our jobs just to go throughout our day if it wasn't for you father we wouldn't have these things we wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to get up and go there are so many people who go throughout their lives who, who 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 think that they do it all on their own, and I pity them. I pity somebody who thinks that it's all them, that they, they're the reason they have all the things they have, when it's because of you. And we thank you. We thank you for a new year. We thank you for us making it through 2022, because without you, we would never have made it. This world has gotten so ungodly, Father, and we're sorry that we haven't done more to prevent that we know that you put us here to to commune with you and have relationship with you and and so many of us have failed at it and we, we we ask you for forgiveness for that and we just want to do more than we we want to do more to help you put the words in our mouths give us the the push to deliver those words Give us the courage to say no when we see something ungodly taking place. Give us the words that we need to defend you, Father, because we know that it's in the Bible, we know they're there, but give us the the extra push that we need. And we ask this in your name of your Son, Jesus, who who came so long ago to die so that we can have a closer relationship with you. We ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, as you know, if you've been tuning in, we've been doing our book-by-book, chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse review of the book of Genesis. And this week, we're up to chapter 16. So, if you're new, this is a good chance to pause, go back on wherever you view or listen, and get caught up. Because last week, we were reviewing chapter 15. Okay, and we ended when God was giving Abram the information about the future life of his descendants, how how they will go to Egypt, how they will be brought out of Egypt, and how they will conquer the Canaanites. And we saw ten people listed there. And this week we will be continuing on with the life of Abram, who who will eventually become. Um, Abraham right so let's go ahead and read we're gonna read Genesis chapter 16 we're gonna read the entire chapter which is short one this week just 15 verses now Sarai Abram's wife bare him no children and she had a handmaid an Egyptian whose name was hagar and sarai said unto abram behold now the lord hath restrained me from bearing i pray thee go in unto my maid it may be that i may obtain children by her and abram hearkened to the voice of sarai and sarai abram's wife told hagar her maid the egyptian after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My my wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand, do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dwelt hardly I'm sorry, and when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, <clears throat> that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou I am sorry, thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Berish, Ber Roy. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael, and Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare bear Ishmael to Abram. Now, what do we usually do? Right? We go back and we look at the first verse that we read, and then we break that down. So let's go back to verse one, and we'll read, we'll reread that, and then we'll talk about it. So, verse one. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, which name was Hagar. Now, notice that it starts off with, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Remember, to all rights, Sarai was a barren woman. So, of course, Abram was childless. We were told this, right, back in Genesis chapter 11, verse 30. Let's go look at that real quick. But Sarai was barren. She had no children. But you see, Abram knew. He knew that God had promised him children. And so far, he doesn't have any. So so he sees no children. This must have been one big trial for him as far as his faith. He had been married to Sarai for a long, long, long time. She was his wife. She was his wife when he left Chaldees. Um, we we were never told how long they had been married before they left Ur of the Chaldees. They had lived for some time in Haran, and according to the Jewish scholars, that had been for at least five years. And and we know, right, that they lived in Canaan for for ten years. Anyway, we read here in verse one that Sarai she had this handmaid, and she was an Egyptian woman, and her name was Hagar. Now don't be confused. I have no doubt that Sarai had many slave women, but Hagar, she seemed to be her number one—the one that she trusted more than any others. Someone who who probably was entrusted to handle her family affairs. Now, could she have been the daughter of one of those Egyptians that that lived in Abram's wife, Abram's house? Of course. Maybe she was born into service. We'll never know, but it is possible. Am I right? You know, Eliezer was the son of a Syrian uh, of Damascus, and he was born there. Or who knows? Maybe she was one of the maidservants that that Pharaoh even gave to him. This is just one of them situations that, as I tell you many, many, many times. The Bible doesn't give us an answer and that's because it's not important. So, let's continue. Verse 2. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarai. Sarai was, was thinking that there was no chance that she was ever going to have any children she did not have a strong faith especially one as strong as abraham's was or abram's (laughs) right so she goes to abram and she proposes that you know hey take another wife takes take hagar because hagar's children would because hagar belongs to sarai Hagar's children would be her property as well. Paul's right there. Do either one of them ask the Lord what they should do? Do they seek counsel with the Lord? No. It doesn't say that they prayed. It doesn't say that they asked God what he thought of it. No. In their unbelief, they forgot to do what we all should do. They forgot to ask God. And their unbelief works, right? But this is a bad example here. And, of course, it's the source of many future problems, isn't it? You see, Sarai, she tells Abram, go in into my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Now, this is one of those cases where it was okay with the humans right people didn't care but it's not okay with god this is one of those legal customs that that was around at the time you can find it in many marriage contracts from that time period i'm sure that that many of us understand how she she lost her hope It had been over ten years since God had made that original promise of an heir. So, Abram and Sarai, they did what they thought was best. They took matters into their own hands. Paul uses uses this as an example of work of the flesh. If you want to read about that, it's in Galatians chapter 4. He shows it as a contrast to the Spirit of God. Think about it. This scheme here that that Sarai cooks up—it's caused nothing but trouble. First off, the child that was born—it wasn't Sarai's child. I mean, sure, she had lost faith, and you could say that—that that she thought she was helping God out. But come on. Who? When? When has God ever needed our help? to do something anytime anyone ever gets ahead of God and they start to think that they figured out the details they wind up with a huge mess on their hands in this case here no exception Abram he mixed his blood with an Egyptian that was not pleasing to God think about it this way Egypt they're a type of the world okay Abram's seed was for God you cannot mixed faith you cannot mix faith with worldly things just look at what happens with the union between Hagar and Abraham it's nothing but worldly it was not part of God's plan and any child that came from that union that's of the flesh think about that poor maid she was caught in a trap a trap that she was not part of and Abram did he honestly have to do it no Abram could have said no but instead he did what his wife told him to do he followed in this plan and this he's responsible for this He's just as responsible as Sarai is here let's go to verse 3 now and Sarai Abrams wife took Hagar her maid the Egyptian after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife notice that it says Sarai gave her to her husband like I said it's been 10 years It even says so here and she has not had any children so so she resorted to this old culturally approved custom of the day where a barren wife could have a child through her maid her maidservant like I said It was culturally approved not God approved okay by taking part in this Abram is ignoring what God had told him earlier God told him he could not appoint an heir right remember and Abram he submitted to Sarai's insistence and he this this of course leads to the birth of Ishmael we've already talked about him a little bit in one of my podcast exclusives now the only thing I can think that I need to add here is that we should look at how worldly Abram is acting here. Yes, it's been 10 years, but God made a promise. And God and Abram, he doesn't think about that. He allows his flesh to, to, to rule him here, right? So let's go to verse 4. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now, the verse opens up here, right? It says, and he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. So, after the wedding ceremony, all of those formalities are out of the way. Abram enjoyed his wife. And notice... That the way this first makes it sound she immediately became pregnant and, and when she knew that she was pregnant it says that her mistress was despised in her eyes she felt that she was above her now she started to treat her mistress like she's the inferior she treated her with contempt with reproach for her being barren just like how uh penina did hannah right in us first Samuel 1 verse 6 let's take a look at that real quick as soon as I can find a place to sit there thing doing just like it does all the other times First samuel chapter 1 verse 6 reads <clears throat> and her adversary also provoked her sore for it make her fret because the lord had shut up her womb now think of how ungrateful she was she was only in this state right because sarai had given her to abram as a wife Hagar, she suddenly felt like she was more important. Her affair with Abram had led to her becoming pregnant. She felt anger. She felt jealousy for Sarai. The Bible makes it clear that these types of relationships never work out. In Genesis, after God made Adam and Eve, he said that the two two, shall become one flesh. One, two and one. Marriage between more than two people, it's not compatible with God's plan. And God's plan is the plan. plan. And He made it at the beginning. Jealousy between two women reigned in Abram's house here. All right, verse 5 now. And Sarai said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee i have given my maid into thy bosom and when she saw that she had conceived i was despised in her eyes the lord judge between me and thee sarai says to her husband wrong be upon thee i was despised she never even thought that something like this would happen instead of owning up to her mistakes Because remember, this was her idea. Instead of owning up to the fact that it was her idea, she blames Abram for it. She demands judgment to rectify the broken relationship between her and Hagar, her servant. I mean, seriously. She's the one that gave her maid to him. And here she is saying, my wrong be upon thee. This is not a wise statement is it such pride such anger just because you are loud and forward when you appeal to god does not make you the right one rash and bold imprecations speak guilt and bad cause but as we see in the next verse he puts all the responsibility back in her hands he gives her the freedom to do what she wanted he tells her your mind is in your power I guess when we look at it she does admit that she was wrong but just like others who do wrong she does not want to take the blame for it she tries to shift it to Abram if you remember when we were reviewing judges I talked about how important it was for Hebrew women to get to have children. They they thought that it was a face a faith a f- 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 fate <laughs> worse than death to not have children. So to Sarai, it was a disgrace on her. She would have been looked down on. Having children was seen as a blessing from God. And not having them was considered a curse it was not evident in the bible if 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 this was hagar feeling you know maybe in her mind hagar was trying to to take sarai's place with abram here here in verse 5 sarai seems to be asking god to to decide who is to blame whether it was her fault or whether it was abram's fault but let's continue on let's look at verse 6 real quick but Abram said unto Sarai behold thy maid is in thy hand do to her as it pleaseth thee and when Sarai dealt hardly with her she fled from her face you see the unhappy marriage that Abram now finds himself in with Hagar this will soon lead to, to great mischief one thing that we can learn from this is that when we step out of our duty, we have no one else to think for for the guilt, right? For the grief that follows except for ourselves. In a case like this, you know, passionate people will often quarrel with other people for things that that they have no that they have to bear the blame for. I think that Hagar here she forgot that she was the one that that provoked this right she was the one that that despised her mistress the Bible tells us this you see if you're suffering from something first if you are suffering for something that you did you need to bear it and you need to bear it patiently this is what we read in first Peter chapter 2 verse 20 for what glory is it when when ye be buffeted for your faults ye shall take it patiently but if when you do well and suffer for it you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. Notice what we read here in, in, in verse 6. But Abram said unto Sarai. I'm sure he that he did it in a very gentle way. When he said, Behold thy maid is in thine hands. This shows us that even though Hagar was Abram's second wife. He still considers Hagar. To be Sarai's maid. And as such. She's subject to her. So he allows his wife. To to exercise her authority over her. He still felt love. And affection for Sarai. She's his first. And lawful wife. He's showing the same respect for her. That he always did. He supports her. In her honor and her dignity. And he tells her. "Do to her as it pleaseth thee i saw where some think that abram would have allowed her to kill her but i don't think that he would he did not give her the liberty to take away her life he did not even say that he would allow her to be cruel no he was allowing her to deal with her just like any other mistress would have been legally allowed to do to their servants Now, yes, maybe Abram, in his complacency to Sarai, he he gave her too large of a commission. And he left too much in her power, right? I also think that he may have done better by listening to both sides of the story and and then judging what to do. You know, using his own authority. I mean, if she only been you know Sarai's maid and not his wife it would have been less offensive however for the sake of peace he allowed her to do whatever she needed to do we see him just backing away like like I said Hagar was her maid right so her punishing her in some way for the attitude that she, 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 she that she presented, and whatever this punishment was, whatever happened, it scared Hagar so badly that she ran away in fear. All right, let's go to verse seven now. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness by the fountain in the way of sure look who comes to her here do you notice the name do you notice what this angel is called it says the angel of the lord the angel of the lord this special individual speaks like he is distinct from yahweh but he also speaks in the first person as well like you know he's Yahweh himself and Hagar she recognizes that this is an angel she'd seen God now we've spoken of this before especially when we were reviewing judges but many have seen him and came to the same conclusion have you noticed that the angel of the Lord does not appear after the birth of Christ I believe, as many do, that he is Jesus before he took human form. Notice where Hagar was. It says that she was beside the fountain on the way to Shur. Now Shur is it's south of Palestine, right? And it's also east of Egypt. This lets us know. That, that Hagar was trying to return home to Egypt. And this angel is identified by different names throughout the Old Testament as the angel of the Lord, or the angel of God, in Genesis chapter 21, verse 17. Let's, if you want, we can take a look at that real quick. And God heard the voice of the lad and the angel of God called to Hagar out of the heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. You see, he's also called the angel. Sorry, let me set this down. He's also called the angel of his presence in Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them, and he bare them and carried them all the days of old. He's also called the messenger of the covenant in Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. behold i will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me and the lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in behold he shall come saith the lord of the hosts now if we take a closer look at the context of his appearance here this reveals that He's more than just another angel. He is God. Like I said, I believe that the angel, that this angel, is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. He's visible. He's, He's a bodily manifestation of God, the Son, before his birth. The fact that he's not merely just another angel is evident. Especially in those appearances where he's called God. This was recognized by Hagar later on in verse 13. Now, Abraham in verse 14, uh, chapter 22, verse 14. Let's take a look. And Abram called the name of the place jehovah Yireh. As it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord it shall be seen Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 and God said unto Moses I am that I am and he said thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel I am hath sent me unto you okay Gideon in Judges chapter 6 verse 22 and when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord Gideon said alas O Lord God for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face and uh, Manoah Okay, in in Judges chapter thirteen, verses eighteen and twenty-two. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeking it as secret? Right. And then verse twenty-two, and Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. When it is used of men. It is translated the Lord's messenger, Haggai 113. Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger and the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. Another reason that I think that this is Jesus is because the angel of the Lord no longer appears to men today. Because you see, God has commissioned us, you and me, Christians, to be his messengers to the world. All right, verse 8 now. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarai. Notice that he calls her by her name. The verse starts out. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid. I bet that surprised her not only does he call her by her name he describes her character and her condition checking her pride putting her mind back to her duty to her mistress this suggests to her that she shouldn't be there she should be back there with her mistress you see She had fled to a deserted place. She seems to have known that there was water here, and she must have stopped there for a drink. She had run from the home that she had, and she was pregnant, and she had nowhere to go. Not only that, but the man who who was the father of her child had turned his irate wife (laughs) loose on her. The only other person that she had as a benefactor... Was Sarai, and she had treated her poorly hadn't she she punished and she, and she was punished she was punished because how she treated her, her 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 boss she probably thought what can I do where can I go and here she was feeling sorry for herself having a having a party a pity party for for a party of one and suddenly here this angel appears to her The word that's often translated as angel can also be translated as prophet, or priest, or teacher. Also ambassador, or king, or even messenger. But notice, this does not say an angel. No. It says the angel. The, the definitive article. God saw what was going on, and so he he sent her some help. I like how the angel acts like he does not know yeah <laughs> you, know, you say it all. you said a lot with God don't you especially you know here in Genesis you go back to Adam and Eve you know when they asked Cain you know where's your brother cuz he already knew we see God ask her here where did you come from where are you going it's here in this verse that we see her admit that Sarai was her mistress For the first time since she got pregnant all right verse 9 and the angel of the Lord said unto her return to thy mistress submit thyself under her hands so the angel of the Lord he, he found Hagar he found her there beside this fountain this well which we know because of tradition what would be on the side of a caravan road and it would have been in the midst of Shur which is a sandy desert like I said on the west of Arabia about a hundred and fifty miles between Palestine and Egypt her going in that direction tells us that she was probably intending to return home to her family in Egypt now think about it she's a woman She's alone. And the only thing that that would make someone like her brave the dangers of the road alone was her pride, her passion, her, her sullen obstinacy. She could have died if that angel had not called her to reflect on her duties. And he tells her, Return to thy mistress. Submit thyself. The verb that is used here. Is the same one. That's used to describe. Sarah's conduct towards her. He's telling her to. To meekly resign herself. To the. um, Ungracious. And oppressive treatment. Of her mistress. Under her hands. Notice that. What the angel says to her acts like the relationship between Sarai and her is still intact. Rebelling and leaving was not the solution to the problem. So I'm gonna try to use some Louisiana speech here and, and, and make this and try to tell you what the angel's saying go back there and apologize for what you did <laughs> amen so let's go let's look at verse 10 now and the angel of the lord said unto her i will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall be not be numbered for multitude the angel tells her i will multiply thy seed exceedingly this is interesting, isn't it? She she may have been a servant. But she will be the mother of many. This makes Abram the father of two different groups of innumerable descendants. And if you want to know more about that, go over to my podcast and I did a whole video on or <laughs> a whole podcast episode on um that particular subject let's go to verse 11 now and the angel of the lord said unto her behold thou art with child and shalt bear a son and shalt call his name ishmael because the lord hath heard thy affliction so he tells her to to name her child ishmael and ishmael means god hears it was meant to be a reminder to hagar that god intervened in her life in this special way oh that reminds me this is the first time in the old testament that we see the angel of the lord appearing right now ishmael is the oldest son of abram through hagar ishmael was later guilty of of taunting his half-brother isaac and of course we know that he and hagar are then expelled by abraham and sarah's insistence or i should say at sarah's insistence god he promises that ishmael would be a wild man and that his life was spared by god ishmael becomes the forefather of arabs when he marries an Egyptian and he becomes the father of 12 princes. When you honestly think about this, this whole situation, Hagar was innocent. Here in this story, we see that she finds, her, she finds out that, that she will have a boy. And she will name him Ishmael. And that she would have a multitude of descendants. And Ishmael's name means, as I said, God hears. Remember, because God heard Hagar's cries. Verse 12. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren reread that with me and he will be a wild man his hands will be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren this first tells us that Ishmael will be a wild man and that he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren Now, the words that are translated here, if you were to look at the Hebrew words, actually mean in defiance or disregard of. Take a look at Genesis chapter 25 verse 18. I still have this page blocked. <laughs> and they dwelt from Havilah upon Shur that is before Egypt, and thou shalt, as thou goest towards Assyria, and he died in the presence of all his brethren. Also, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 16. Now that one I'll have to use the phone. Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 16 then it shall be when he maketh his sons to inherit that which he hath that he may not make the son of the beloved firstborn before the son of the hated which is indeed the firstborn now as you can see (coughs) sorry looking at the language and the context this tells us that this means hostility on his part and the part of his descendants towards his brethren and that means isaac and his descendants and even among his own people the onagers or, or wild donkeys best described the nature of ishmael and his descendants they're aggressive they're independent this right here brothers and sisters, is the beginning of the Jewish and the Arab conflict. All of it was due to that act of flesh on the part of Abram. When Hagar gave birth, Abram would have been 86 years old. Remember, 11 years had passed since God gave his first promise of an heir to Abraham. And even then, The promise was still not fulfilled. The descendants of the wild man still live among Israel today. And still today, they truly hate one another. This battle is a continuous one. And look at how long this has been going on. All right, let's look at verse 13 now. It says, and she called the number, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? It says, Thou seest me. Recognize, she recognizes that the angel of God, and, and she's ascribing this name to him. This arose from Hagar's astonishment because she had she'd been she'd been the object of God's gracious attention. Theophany, Revelation. All of this led to her to call him the one who lives and sees me. All right, let's go to verse fourteen now. Wherever Wherefore the well was called Beer Roy. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. We see that the well would be called, and, and I know, I know, you don't have to tell me. I'm butchering that word. I'm gonna try to say it again, Beerlehoi Roy. So, what do we know? Well hagar she sat down beside this well or this fountain whatever you want to call it and it's in the wilderness of shur and it was here that the angel of the lord found her and, and to commemorate it she names the well birlehem roy which means a well for the living for the well for the living one who seeth me this implies two things here number one she dedicated that well to the one who who appeared to her and number two she had faith she had faith in the promise you see the living one who who exists in all generations has it in his power to accomplish the promise that will be fulfilled through the whole lapse of time hagar she realized that it was god who provided the well and and that it was God that told her to go back to Sarai I fully believe that she knew that God did not give her permission to leave the name that she gave to that well the well of the Living One you see as I'm sure you already know in places like the Middle East Wells are very valuable things. And I know you know this because I repeat it. (laughs) But wells are very valuable things for people to to have. Did you know that the Jewish people, they use the Bible to find old wells? I kid you not. There's a documentary station that I watch on, on YouTube that deals with the Bible. I think it's called Bible Expedition. Go look it up. Archaeologists still to this day use the Bible to find certain places. Alright. Verse 15 now. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare him, Ishmael. It starts off with, and Hagar bare Abram a son. This makes it sound like Hagar did what God told her to do. She returned. She, she believed in the promise that God made to her and when she returned home and she was welcomed back by Abram she must have reconciled with Sarai. It says that she brought forth a son to Abram just like the angel said. And then we read Abram called his son's name which Hagar bare Ishmael. Now I want to discuss something here for a second. Jarki Jarkey suggests that Abram got the name by inspiration of the Holy Spirit which dwelled in him but let's think about this for a moment is it not reasonable to think that Hagar just told Abram what happened with the angel and Abram you know believing what she said gave his son the name out of obedience to to what the angel commanded. Now remember Ishmael means God he god will hear. Remember that this was not a son of the promise. This was a son of the flesh. All right, here we are, last verse in the chapter. Verse 16, which reads And Abram was Four score and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. We already talked about this earlier, but look what the verse says. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. You can easily come to this. Remember, he was 75 years old when he left Haran which we can read back in genesis chapter 12 verse 4 and remember he had been in canaan for 10 years when hagar was given to uh, him by sarai this was back in verse 3 which means he's 85 years old so he would have been 86 when ishmael was born so Again, I want to make sure that I say thank you for joining me here. Um, I know I'll repeat this over and over and over again, but you taking the time to join me here from either BitShoot or Rumble or YouTube or over on the podcast, knowing that you're here means a lot to me. Um, and the fact that you stayed here to the end means even more. You know, some, some people they might watch half, they might watch a quarter of it, whatever, but I know people, I know there's a few of you who, who, who watch all the way to the end. I know Miss Mary does, and I know a few other people who, who stay right to the end. So, thank you all for uh, listening or watching. Again, I want to make sure I say Happy New Year to you. Um, before I forget, my mother, um, a few days ago, was bitten on her hand. Um, by a dog, that got into her yard, and she's uh, she has stitches, and she says she's uh, she messaged me earlier complaining with pain and swelling, and uh, if, if it would mean a lot to me if you guys would say a quick prayer for her, um, and if you have me on Facebook, my mother's easy to find. She's listed as my mother in my uh, thing, and you probably see her constantly uh, posting on my wall. Her name's Susan. Messenger, and just let her know you're praying for her. Let her know you're thinking about her. Um, so, yeah. Thank you all for joining me here. I want to again say Happy New Year. I pray the Lord continues to bless you and keep you throughout this new year. And I hope to see you all back here soon. God love you. I love each and every one of you. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you and have a good night. Oh, thank you.